Get ready to explore faith, doubt, and all that's in between. Welcome to Doubting It with Charlotte Pence Bond. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Doubting It podcast with me, your host, Charlotte Pence Bond. This episode does contain some adult themes. Um, so if you have little ones listening or if you are sensitive to these issues yourself, just please be aware. So today um, I'm going to do something a little bit differently than we've been doing the last couple of episodes. The last couple episodes, we've had some amazing guests on like Eric Metaxas. We just had Brittany De La Mora and we've had Bethany Mandel. And it's really been a ton of fun for me to learn from those people and to learn about their faith journey. So if you're tuning in now, um, be sure to go back and check those out. But today I'm going to do another monologue like I did for the very first episode. And I want to do this because the last couple interviews that I've done, I feel like the topic of sin has come up a lot. I think that it's been kind of kind of a reoccurring theme. And so I wanted to address it and to kind of talk about how sin can really play into doubt and can, I think, can lead to doubt in a lot of ways and can lead us away from seeking answers and uh, seeking out that relationship with God. And so it's it's kind of a hard thing to talk about. It's kind of it's kind of sticky. I feel like um, you know a lot of times it's it's awkward. Um, it's awkward to talk to people about sin, but we are in the Christian faith. We are called to to do that um, and to be open about it with our fellow trusted friends and believers. So I'm going to talk about what the Bible says about sin, how it really defines it, and then I'm going to talk about how we should notice it and call it out when we see it happening and not celebrate it. Cause I think that it is celebrated a lot in our culture. And I don't just mean in like the obvious ways. I mean, I think in, in a lot of subtle ways, um, it can be something that is really eating away at our lives, but we don't know that it's wrong necessarily. And we don't know that there are people out there who are wanting to help us break free of whatever it is, whether it's addiction or anger or, or anything. And so then I'm going to talk about how we can really break free of sin and what God really wants for us. Because I think ultimately, you know, we're, none of us are perfect. Um, Jesus is the only perfect person um, to ever walk the earth, but we are called to emulate him, you know, to kind of, to try to be like him, to try to be Christ-like. And really, I think that's because, you know, that's what God wants for our lives. God has the best plan for our lives and he wants us to follow him and usually ends up being like, a lot better um, than what we had planned and the way that we were living. So that's how we're going to talk about today and kind of, again, talk about how sin and doubt go together. So doubt can really, it can be bred when people are sinning or when they do something wrong and they don't really have anywhere to go so they can just leave the church altogether. And specifically, again, I'm, I'm talking about the Christian faith here. And I understand this. I mean, when I've been living in ways that didn't honor God, you know, in college, I was kind of not living in a way that um, was Christ-like. It was uncomfortable for me to be in church. I mean, I still went and I would still go to like crew and stuff. And it was awkward. And I don't even think I knew it at the time. I don't think that I looked at it that way. But looking back, I can see that I was dealing with guilt and I wasn't coming to God. I wasn't being honest with him. I wasn't being upfront about the ways that I was living and how they didn't line up with how he wanted me to live and how he'd called me to live. And you know, none of us are immune to sin. Um, we need to understand that, that all humans are sinful and we have to call it out when we see it. And so I think that that's, that's also important that 
not to condemn others, not to to be judgmental. Because uh, a lot of times I think that that's another reason people can kind of leave the church when they feel like they're doing something wrong because they think, oh, Christians are judgmental and I don't want to talk to anybody about this thing that I'm struggling with. But, you know, isolation, as we've seen in the Barna Group study um, that I kind of talked about in my very first episode, that was really, really revelatory to me because it showed that isolation is the number one thing that people do when they're feeling doubt. When they're doubting their faith, they pull out of church services, worship gatherings, like they don't go into those circles further, which totally makes sense. And it also makes sense in regards to sin. Um, You know, if we're sinning and doing something wrong and we don't go to someone or we don't feel like we have someone to go to, you know, and again, I don't want to be condemning with this at all. A lot of times we don't feel like there's someone who's who I can talk to about this, who isn't going to judge me. And so that's um, that's important too. And it's important to remember that at its core, the gospel is not judgmental in a way where it doesn't, it doesn't say we're allowed to judge others. It says God is the ultimate judge, okay? So yes, it's important to call out sin, but if we're doing so in a way that's a judgmental and putting ourselves above other people and saying, I'm I'm better than you. I don't sin. I don't do this, but you do. That's not biblical. That's not how we're called to live. But B, you know, we also have to look at it and that Christians, we can call out when we see sin happening, but we're not any better. There's no, no sin is above or below any other one. Um, they're all equal and we have to remember that. So that's important to say as well, I think. And we can't be perfect on our own. We can't be sinless on our own. That's the whole core of, of the Christian gospel is that Christ is the only way we can live a quote-unquote sin-free life, even though that is impossible. We will sin. We will fall again, which we'll talk about as well. But the only way to attempt to live a perfect life is to attempt to be Christ-like. And we can't do it on our own. And one of the best ways, I think, to kind of break free of sin or from a cycle of addiction or whatever it is, is to acknowledge that and to humbly come to the cross and say, okay, I can't do this by myself. I need you. So we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about we're not meant to stay in sin. We're not meant to stay in this cycle that ultimately when we come to Christ, we ask for forgiveness. We will receive that forgiveness, receive grace. And that's the other side um, that we'll talk about too. So in the last episode last week, we talked to Brittany De La Mora, this was an awesome episode for me, honestly. She was so great. She was so interesting um, to talk to and really fun. Like when we weren't recording, we were just chatting and it was great. And so if you haven't listened to that episode, be sure to go back. But um, she used to work in the adult film industry. She talks about pornography and how it's an addicting thing. Um, and it really is a serious problem in our culture. And she and I talked about it and we touched on it a little bit. But you know, our culture does, I think, like to act like it's totally fine. It's not even something necessarily that's that's really, quote unquote, shameful anymore. Um, it's really celebrated in a lot of circles. I mean, I talk to people who, who think it's totally fine. And, and the reality is going away from any moral arguments or religious arguments for a second. It is an addicting thing. It does do something to your brain. And it has the same, you know, addicting qualities. And so it's important to remember that and also definitely go check out resources on that as well because it's definitely it's definitely a real thing. And I think it's a big problem in our current generation just because of, you know, social media. And she and I talk about this. It's not even just like you go on a site anymore on a website. It's like 
everywhere. I mean, it's on Instagram, it's everywhere. And especially with the coronavirus, with the COVID pandemic, people are isolated. It's lonely. And so it's just important to remember when we do have these struggles or if we know that we struggle with a very specific thing, it's important to bring other people into that, to bring trusted people into your circle that are going to help you and hold you accountable because ultimately it's for you. You know, it's for the best life you can live. And again, that's the idea of sin not being this condemning thing that like you sin and it's bad and don't do that. And it's, it's not like this, this law-based thing, although it is God's law, which we'll talk about too in Romans. Paul talks about that. But it's ultimately for your good. Um, and I want to stress that. You know, I think that it's easy to kind of look at Christianity from the outside and be like, all right, it's all these rules, okay? But what's the point? Like, I can live this way. I can be fine. And yeah, maybe you can be, but um, maybe there's something way better for you. Maybe there's something way, way better that God has in store for you. And it might be worth just trying it out um, and coming to Him with that. So sin can ultimately, it keeps us away from God. Um, when we're sinning, you know, it drives us away from Him. Um, and it also, it will drive us away from, again, those Christian relationships. And Romans 7 talks about our sinful nature. In verse 18, Paul says, For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. That verse really stuck out to me because I think we've all felt that, right? And it's easy to think we all are inherently good. I think that's that's definitely a talking point a lot of people have. I think that there is good in us, of course, but there's also bad. <laughs> there's also bad in us. And we have to remember that. And so Paul kind of says this. I mean, he goes on in verse 21 to say, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. So you do have these conflicting sides. And I think that's important to remember because I also, it doesn't let us off the hook of sin, but it does just affirm for you that there's more going on, right? That this is a battle you might be fighting right now, but there's more to that. And God wants to fight with you. He wants to fight for you. And he wants to provide that redemption and that grace, of course. Yeah. So I think that that's just important to say as well, that we do have this sinful nature, that everybody has it, that we are inherently sinful. That's the Christian narrative. But God saves us from that sin through Christ. And so that's the important part. It's not this, this idea of you're sinful, you're bad, good luck with life. It's God saves us. He sent Jesus to save us from our own sinful nature. And we can, we're not going to get into the whole like Adam and Eve thing because that's a lot longer story. But yes, the idea that uh, humans fell and entered into a sinful existence. But that's not to say we're meant to live in shame. Okay. So shame and sin are different, but they're, they're very related, I think. And I think that it's an important thing to talk about you know, shame and sin can lead to doubt because if we're living in sin and we have this shame or this guilt, of course, it's going to drive us away from him, either out of fear of him, embarrassment, um, or isolation, like we talked about before. And so I think that's really important to say that we're not meant to exist in this shameful state. And we all sin. And we are also supposed to bring that to other people because the it's a really amazing thing. You know, when, when you experience forgiveness, it's like an amazing thing. And it's, it's obviously, you know, God forgives us when we repent and we'll get into that at the end. 
But I don't know, like how many of you guys have had actual forgiveness from like a human being? And you can like think of that time where you totally, totally messed up. Like you were like, oh my gosh, I said this terrible thing about this person and like they heard me or they didn't hear me, but they found out or I just said this terrible thing and I feel terrible about it. Or you, you know, lie about something and you're caught straight up in that lie and you're like, wow, I lied and I got caught. And that's just the worst feeling ever. But then to have someone extend grace to you, when you come clean, you say, I'm, I'm sorry. And you can do whatever, you know, fire me, stop being my friend. I'm really sorry I did this. And then you experience that forgiveness that's an incredibly powerful thing. And I totally, I've, I've experienced that definitely um, on a personal level, on a professional level. And I mean, I can really, I can literally point to times where I just thought, whoa, I don't, I don't deserve this forgiveness. I don't deserve this person like letting me off the hook for this and saying, it's okay. We all make mistakes and to experience that on a human level. And then also to extend it to other people when they've hurt you and you forgive them because you say, yeah, you know what? I'll forgive you. I also know I'm going to mess up and you're probably going to have to forgive me, right? And this is like, you know, totally a theme. I feel like in marriage when you do premarital counseling and that's a big theme of it is like you're going to forgive a lot, but you're both going to forgive a lot because you're both going to mess up. And so, and that's a really beautiful thing about marriage as well, is that you do have this constant reminder of how it is to be loved by God and forgiven by God through this person. But I think it's important to to involve other people when we sin and when we do something wrong. That is biblical as well. We're supposed to bring things into the light, even if it's not somebody that we actually sinned against. Um, we're meant to come into the light, um, to not hide things. And when we hide our sins, that's how we're, again, separated from that connection with God. And also it, it doesn't give, you know, it doesn't give your friends or your trusted believer or friends this opportunity to A, maybe forgive you, but B, tell you that, you know, you don't have to live in that shame. And I think that's such an important thing. If we have trusted people who are going to come to us and be like, hey, yeah, you know, you're struggling with this addiction and I'm going to hold you accountable to that and I'm going to help you. But God still loves you. That you're not a worthless person. You Don't listen to the lies that Satan's trying to tell you that you're a bad person because you're not. But you made a mistake and I'm going to help you. And so we give humans that opportunity to reinforce God's love in us and to reinforce, um, you know, our worth in God's eyes. And this is talked about in Ephesians, Ephesians 5. I really, I really like um, in verse 11, Paul writes, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. So when our sins are exposed, they can become a light for others too. He says, everything that is illuminated becomes a light. So when you're hiding that struggle or that sin, remember, you, you might be doing a disservice actually to the person next to you in church who's like, oh, I'm really struggling with this thing. But like no one else here struggles with that, obviously, because they're all perfect little Christians. That's not true, right? Every single person in there is struggling with something as well. And not that you have to go around like broadcasting to strangers what you've done, but it is something I think that can help other people when we're honest and vulnerable about 
you know, this happened or I snapped at this person and I shouldn't have done that and I feel really bad about it. And that's that's part of the community as well, um, that when we pull out of that community in isolation, again, can lead to doubt and can lead to us kind of questioning, I think, fully our beliefs because we don't have necessarily that reinforcement from that community that, hey, none of us are perfect, right? And of course, you want to do this in a respectful way and we go to people that we trust. But when we tell people that we've struggled, we can bring that out of hiding, which can just be a really great thing. And of course, not all churches do this perfectly. Churches are made up of people. And again, like I said, people are sinful. And so remember that too, you know, that yes, people are sinful and churches are not perfect either. I think that that's really important as well, that not to judge church communities that call out sin, because again, that's their job in a way, but to also remember, okay, yes, we can call out sin, but we can also be upfront about how we're not meant to exist in this shameful state either. That's really the dangerous place to exist, I think, because you kind of keep tamping down that sin and that shame and that feeling. And ultimately, what it does is it actually just stays there. And you might not even know that 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 feeling of shame or insecurity is there until years in the future when it comes up again. So you have to deal with these things. You have to get them out into the light. And again, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That is biblical. We, have, we are all sinful. And maybe you like know exactly right now of a thing that you're struggling with. Or maybe it's it's not one thing, right? Like maybe it's, it's other things that kind of come in and out of the day. I mentioned anger earlier or gossip or, you know, watching a movie, lingering on this site we shouldn't be on, things like that. Those are still important to notice when we're feeling that shame and that guilt and to confess it to God and, again, bring it into the light. And when we confess to God, that is how we can receive that redemption from Him, that forgiveness, but also enter back into that relationship with Him um, because He wants to be in relationship with you. And if you're sinning and not bringing that to Him, that's another way that we can start to question, I think, our beliefs and start to feel like, you know, no one understands me, you know, God doesn't love me, and I'm just going to go do my own thing. I'm not going to do this this religion thing anymore. You're listening to the Edify Podcast Network. We'll be right back. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. This is the Edify Podcast Network. Welcome back. So again, um, one sin is not better or worse than any other. So we have to remember that. Um, it's just about God's best plan for our lives and and not letting those sins eat at us. And, you know, it's, it's fun because... Like I said before, I mean, it's the same with human relationships, right? Like if we push things down, we don't flush them out. We're not honest with one another about our shortcomings. If we did something against 
someone in our family and we're like, oh my gosh, I did this thing. They're going to be mad, but (laughs) I need to tell them. If you don't tell them, you think that's going to go away? No, it is not. It is going to come back up and it's going to be way worse. So it's the same with God, right? We have to work it out with God. And if you're struggling with addiction as well, I know that can be a very, very difficult thing to bring to God repeatedly and be like, okay, yes, I'm going to confess this. But I'm also kind of annoyed at you, God, possibly, because why can't you just take this away? <laughs> right? Like, why can't you just get this away from me? And I don't have the answer for you for that. I don't. We all go through trials. And we are meant to repent as well. Of course, this is not like a thing where if you sin, you can just confess repeatedly and not attempt to change your ways. But with addiction, of course, it's affecting your other relationships. It's affecting your entire life and it can be extremely difficult. So again, you need to bring other people into that with you. And remember that there's a a bigger battle going on. You know, Satan is called the father of lies. He works in shame. He works in confusion. When you start hearing these voices are saying, hey, you're, you're kind of not a great person. You know, you don't really deserve to find love. You don't really deserve to find somebody who's going to forgive you for this thing that you did. That's not true. That's not from God. Okay. So if you're feeling that kind of shame, that's not from God. If you're feeling guilt for something and you confess that to God, you are released from that when you repent. Repenting is really, is really the key. And that's when you kind of do 180, you turn away from your past. And it's important to remember it's a change of behavior. So when we have that, that, when we sin and we have that feeling of guilt, I think that's really where Satan wants us to stay, right? Because then we can start to believe that we can't be forgiven, which isn't true. The whole message of the gospel, the whole message of Jesus is that you can be forgiven, that he came to die for you to forgive you, and that you can't do it on your own. And it's important to remember, too, that we're all sinful, right? And in a couple episodes ago, I talked to Bethany Mandel, who's a good friend of mine. She is Orthodox Jewish. She converted to Orthodox Judaism later in life, and it was fascinating to talk to her. So definitely check out that episode. We actually talk about abuse in places of worship, um, in religious structures, um, because she experienced this, and um, it's a pretty it's a pretty intense episode actually. And this is something I didn't even know fully about Bethany before we were kind of planning to do this episode interview. But we talk about sin within institutions of worship and religion, and I think it's important to to note yes. Everybody is sinful. And like I said earlier, the church is made up of people and people are sinful. And I think it's important that we don't put too much faith in just our leaders and just people because they're not perfect either. And when we are, that is revealed to us that they are not perfect, that they're sinful human beings, a lot of times that can really lead to doubt. That can really lead to not just doubt, which doubt is okay. I mean, it's okay to doubt and have questions. And Bethany and I fully talk about that and how it is totally okay to to question after something like that happens to you or happens in your community. So I'm definitely not saying that you shouldn't question things when that comes up. But it's also important to just remember that when we put a lot of emphasis on individual people and we don't remember that those people sin too that can really affect our faith and affect our um, relationship with with god 
And again, that's not at all an excuse to them for sinning. Um, We are all held to a high standard, especially religious leaders. And really, I think anyone of, of any faith, you know, is obviously is held to the standard that they believe you should be living in. I mean, this whole podcast episode is about sin. It's about how when we sin and we don't bring that to the light, it can lead to doubt and it can lead to isolation and lead us away from God. So it's important to remember that. But obviously, we are held to the standards that we say people should live by, right? That that we say that God that has is God's best plan for our lives. And so again, they are held to a high standard, um, as we all are. But it's also important that we remember that we're we're following God over an individual person, um, especially because those people will fail us. And so it's really it was really interesting conversation with Bethany because she talked about this. She talked about how people, a lot of people in her community, lost their faith because of this rabbi um, who ended up going to prison because of because of abuse, and it's absolutely tragic. I mean. It's, tragic it's terrible and we have to call that out when we see it and remember that we want to encourage people to live in the best way that god has for them and that includes of course our religious leaders and you know sin essentially is just not like i said not god's best plan for our lives um we have free will uh we can live however we want but it might not be the best that god has for us and so if you're struggling with it with this the sin and shame just know you're not you're not meant to stay in that. And I think it's the same with doubt. You know, Eric Metaxas and I talked about this and it was really actually kind of convicting for me when we talked, he and I had this conversation because he kind of said, you know, yeah, doubt is this thing that's kind of fashionable. And he said, like, just remember, like, you're not supposed to just exist in doubt. Like, there are answers to be found. God has that for you. He has answers and you can ask him. You can come to him with those questions and that's what he wants us to do instead of just existing in our doubt. And I think it's the same with sin. Instead of just existing in this sinful, uh, repetitive state, we're, we're meant to come to God and to follow what he has for our lives and experience that forgiveness. And again, like once we've confessed and moved away from the lifestyle that maybe we were living in, you have to let go of that shame and that condemnation once you've repented because that isn't from God. And a great way to do that is to bring it to other people. And so, you know, it's important to remember too, we'll still fall. We're not perfect people. But when we realize what God's best is for us, and that's so much better, and I can speak from personal experience with this, it is it is better. Even though it's like, I remember because when I, when I was, I was a Christian, but I was like, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't have to follow all the rules. Okay. Like those are kind of like outdated. That was totally my philosophy. And no, no, they're not outdated. They're right. And I kind of realized that, um, for myself. And so again, it's, it's, God has a better plan for you. He really does. And it's for your good. But again, we have free will. We don't have to follow that. But when we decide to follow Christ, and we want to follow him and please him, we're going to want to to please him. When we decide to follow Christ, we are going to want to follow those, you know, rules, whatever you want to call them. That's what I had called them before. Because we want to make him happy and we want to have the best that he has for us. 
And it's really amazing because I think that, you know, you can kind of see, see how things kind of play out. You know, there are times when I've done something wrong. I've come to that person. I've said, I did this wrong thing. I'm really sorry. And they've forgiven me. And at the time it felt terrible, right, to have to confess to them. I mean, the forgiveness part felt good, but it felt so bad to like have to confess something to somebody is the worst feeling ever. At least for me, I just, I was, when I was a little kid, I always felt very guilty for anything that I did that I thought was remotely wrong. And so I hate that feeling. I hate the feeling of guilt. I hate having to go talk to somebody and tell them that I did something wrong. But when you do that, it's amazing what you can see God do, right? If they, they extend forgiveness to you and then you realize that's what God wants to do for me. He wants me to come to him and say, uh, I did this thing and it's really bad and I feel really bad about it. And then he wants you to move on, right? He, he, he'll forgive you and he wants you to move on again, but turn away from your ways, not just go back to continuing to living the way that you were. And, and so again, it's good to hold, to have people in our lives that are going to hold us to this high standard um, and remind us of God's love for us. Because when we fall short of the glory of God, like Romans 3.23 says, which we will do, that doesn't make him love us any less. It doesn't. And when we start to believe that he loves us less, that we don't belong in this group, that we're not like these perfect people, that God can never love us, that's how the devil works and that's how doubt starts to seep in. So just remember that. And maybe what you're struggling with is a very constant struggle daily. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it's things you've let filter into your life over time. And I don't say this in a condemning way at all. And I know sometimes it can seem like what you're doing isn't that big of a deal. They can still go to church or be involved in religious community and not really be living in that way in the off hours of the week. But remember that God sees all of it and he wants what's best for us. And so once we do repent and we turn away, I think it can just be so incredibly clear how much better and fuller our lives can be when we're seeking out God and we don't have those barriers in the way of our relationship with him. And again, check out that Brittany De La Mora episode. She has an incredible ministry um, working with people who are either trying to get out of the porn industry or people who are in this uh, who are, are struggling with with porn addiction. And you can check out her ministry at xxxchurch.com. And that's really great. There's tons of resources there. She does so much. Um, so really check that out if, if that's something that's important to you. And if, it's, if you know someone who is struggling with addiction to pornography or if you yourself have struggled with it, there's no shame. Again, we all sin and we all have to um, really, really bring it to the light and, and follow what God's best plan is for us. And the Bethany Mandel episode was a couple episodes back. And check that out as well. Um, again, that was just a great conversation. And I think it's it's really true just to remember that we all do sin, but there is forgiveness for all of us. There is redemption available. And that's not to excuse sins, but that is to remember that we all fall short. And there's there doesn't have to be this despair when we can come to God with honesty and truth and transparency and also questions and anger. Like if you're angry with God, if you've experienced abuse in the church or in a religious community, bring that to him. Don't run away from him because of that. 
again, that's how the devil works. He starts to seep into our lives and to lie to us and tell us that this is not a place for us, right? That God's God's will in the palm of God's hand is not a place for us. That's not true. And again, you have to bring your sins into the light with other people, bring them to Jesus. But remember that if you have had this experience, it's absolutely dreadful and disgusting and despicable, but God doesn't want you to run away from him because of that. And so definitely check out that interview with Bethany. Um, It was great, super honest, and I just love her transparency. And just remember that in closing, you know, we can be free from sin and from the cycle of sin and shame. Jesus makes that possible for us. He died for you. He died for your sins. And that's, that's the thing we say a lot. You know, Jesus died for my sins. What does it really mean? It means that Jesus died for you and he died to forgive you for your sins because you cannot be perfect without him. And so that's really what that means is that he he laid down his life so that we wouldn't have to die in our sins so that we can confess to him and he can bring us out of that cycle of sin and shame. And just remember that. Come to God with your struggles. Come to him with your irritation and disappointment, right? With other people and with people that follow him and say that they're following him and commit their lives to following him and don't do that. Talk to him about it, right? Talk to other people about it. Don't live in isolation and doubt and don't live in that cycle of sin and shame because that is not where you're meant to stay. You're meant to find freedom and you're meant to find redemption. And that's what God wants for you. Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for listening to Doubting It with Charlotte Pence Bond on the Edify Podcast Network. Tune in next time for another powerful exploration of faith, doubt, and all that's in between. And for more faith-inspiring podcasts, download the Edify Podcast app on the Apple and Google Play stores or at edify.app.